Hello and welcome to Game & Watch, the show where we talk about games we've been gaming and movies and TV shows we've been watching. I'm Aaron. And I'm James. And today we're talking about Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, the 2008 action-adventure film directed by our boy Steven Spielberg. Is this our first Spielberg movie? This actually might be, and this is our first Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, I I, I love that we picked this movie as yes. both our, our first Steven Spielberg movie and our first Indiana Jones movie. It feels I, very on brand for our podcast. Though. I think it does. But we talked about this offline. It's like this was it's kind of more fun sometimes to talk about the less loved entries of film series. And that and like there's a wealth of podcasts out there that talk about like the good ones. Yeah, <laughs> that said. Not going to go uh, just a little preview for my thoughts. Uh, not going to go hard in the paint to say that this is a bad movie. Yeah, I uh, will talk about it, but I had a lot of mixed feelings about this movie rewatching it. Um, but so two things. One, we're kind of doing this because of the time of recording. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny has just been released. Yes. Uh, neither of us have seen it yet. I'm seeing it later to. today. Yeah, I may see it later today as well. Nice. Um, so we'll, that's why we're kind of doing this. And then number two, why don't you tell me your history with this strange Indiana Jones entry? So I don't think I had seen it since theaters, though it's possible that I had. I mean, it's been a while. I, I forgot this movie came out in 2008. And I, I knew it came out in the mid 2000s, but I couldn't place the year. Yeah, and I'll, I'll talk about my history with Indiana Jones a little bit, too, since I mean, we will never do another one. If we do, we'll just do Temple <laughs> of Doom. People will be like, what the hell? Um, so I rewatched Raiders, Temple of Doom, and Last Crusade before rewatching this. And this was kind of all in preparation for Dial of Destiny. And I, I mean, I love Raiders because, obviously, yeah. I love Last Crusade. There were times where I would wonder if Last Crusade, if I liked it more than Raiders. Not that, like, I think it's an objective better film so to speak but um temple of dune i've kind of always been mixed on i liked it more when i was a kid and i think it was because it was so dark and i thought i was watching something like super adult i saw all these movies when i was young but pretty pretty young except except kingdom of the crystal skull obviously so by the time this came out in 2008 i was already like a big indiana jones fan like as a lot of people in our generation were either just from discovering it themselves or their parents more likely introducing them to indiana jones and so I was, I was very excited and I remember leaving the theater pretty disappointed. I wasn't really into the alien element of this. Oh, but they're not aliens. We'll get well, to it. You're right. They're you're right. Not they're aliens. interdimensional beings. Don't spoil it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I must say on rewatch. And again, I don't, I might've watched this in the, like before this last rewatch. It's hard for me to believe that I would, not rewatch this movie. I mean, there, there's like there are movies where you're like, I wasn't really happy about it. I'll never see this again. And others where you're like, kind of want to give it another try, even if it's just because it's part of like a larger franchise that you want to like more. Yeah, exactly. And, and so I, I, I probably did rewatch it and I probably didn't feel much different. But this time I found that I liked it more. And and the interdimensional being kind of plot of this did not bother me nearly as much as other things did. And I That's, it's interesting you say that because I had a similar arc, but go on. My my like takeaway from the first time watching was like, why the hell is this his quest? 
this is such a weird like idea. Like, why can't you just keep doing stuff like, you know, uh, like our not like Arthurian legend stuff like the Grail, but I don't know things along those lines. And maybe and it's easier for me to say that now too, given that we've had like Uncharted games in our lives that have done quests that honestly could have just been Indiana Jones quests. And obviously Uncharted was extremely influenced by Indiana Jones. Yes. And I would argue that the Uncharted series as a whole is a better series, a better Indiana Jones series than the Indiana Jones films. Um, I don't know if that's like a hot take or not, but I kind of think that I like it more. But I'm like, what What the hell is this? Like, why can't it be like finding? I mean, there's a whole El Dorado element, as we'll talk about. Like, why couldn't it have just been that? Why did you have to have this other weird shit in there? And I I still can't. My, my diagnosis is that that stuff is in this movie because the late 90s and most of the 2000s had like an uprising of alien media media starting with like independence day and beyond granted you could argue that it's been around for a while i mean steven spielberg himself did close encounters of the third kind but i i do think that there were a lot more like alien things i mean steven spielberg did war of the worlds like i don't know three years earlier men in black that was around the men men in black was well men in black was like nine 90 right but the the franchise like right come out that's true that's true and so maybe i mean and then you got like science fiction stuff like star wars you got lucas i mean i like i always thought that like every bad idea in indiana jones you could attribute to george lucas i don't think that that's (laughs) entirely fair though you know it was george lucas's idea allegedly to have Marion be even younger than she was in Raiders of the Lost Ark when Indiana Jones like and her like hooked up when she was like 14 13 or something. Or something. It's, like, yeah. it's messed up. Come on, George. But yeah, yeah I, I, I actually was just surprised at how kind of like fun I found this movie and I won't spoil what I thought were like like more, the most glaring weak elements. We'll talk about that as we get into like the details of the movie. Yeah. What about you? What was your arc? So uh, my history with I'll start with my history with the Indiana Jones franchise, Uh, just like we had all the old VHS copies of the original Star Wars trilogy. We also had VHS copies of all the Indiana Jones movies, the trilogy. And I watched them all growing up. I love them. Um, I didn't like Temple of Doom because it kind of scared me. I'll be honest. Oh, yeah. Um, Loved Raiders, uh, although that scared me a bit, too. For some reason, like Last Crusade is my favorite. And maybe it's just like Sean Connery and how charming he is. Um, but as a kid, I was just like so drawn to that one. And it was kind of one of those movies where every time I would get sick and have to stay at home, I would either watch Forrest Gump or I'd watch Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Wow, Forrest I, I, Gump. Wow. Yeah, I, I've seen Forrest Gump like 30 times. I got to tell you, I can't say that I want to ever do that movie for this podcast. We don't have to. It's OK. We no, definitely but you, don't have you can to. insist. I Yes. Um, so love the movies growing up. Um, and when I saw Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, when I heard it was announced, I was worried because it had been so many years. And I felt that Raiders of the, or I'm sorry, Last Crusade was the last movie, right? That's what yeah. it felt like. Um, I saw this twice. Uh, I saw this in theaters twice, like right after it came out. I saw it with my brother. And then I saw it with this guy that I was dating. It was not a love connection, but I wound up seeing the movie twice in close succession. And both times I was like, 
this kind of sucks. I'm yeah. not into it. Um, and seeing it back to back, like very close in time, did not make me appreciate it anymore. It made me appreciate it less. Um, however, re- I, and I haven't seen it since then. So since it was released in 2008, mm-hmm. I rewatched it for this podcast and we'll get to it. And I have, I think I'm on the same arc as you. Certain things bothered me less this time, but other things bothered me way more. Yeah. Um, I wonder we, if we have overlap there. That'd be that'd be fun. I'm sure we do. Um, I'm sure we do. But shall we get into how we got here? Yeah. How did we get here? So uh, back in 1979, Lucas and Spielberg made a deal with Paramount for five Indiana Jones films. Um, obviously, there are only four and there were only three originally. Um, after The Last Crusade, Lucas kind of let the series end because he couldn't think of a good plot device to drive the next installment. Um, so the instead of doing another movie, he actually created the TV show Young Indiana Jones because he felt there were more ideas that he could mine for something like that. I've never seen it for the record. I, I have I, never I brought seen none either. of that to this podcast. I've never seen it either. Um, but Harrison Ford actually guest starred on an episode of Young oh, Indiana Jones. I didn't know I'm that. assuming is like a flash forward and not like a weird time travel scenario, but I don't know. You never know. Yeah. Um, but doing that made him realize that uh, the, he could do a film with an older Indiana set in the 50s. And his kind of like take on it was to do a send up of 1950s B movies with aliens as the plot device. So Lucas was all about the aliens kind of as soon as he got the idea for this movie. So we can attribute the aliens to Lucas. Okay. For sure. uh, well, that solves it then. Yes. Um, because he wanted to give the film like kind of a new genre to play with and a new texture, um, mm. which is what made him think of aliens and extraterrestrials. Um, unsurprisingly, Harrison Ford and Spielberg were like not into it. I just don't think Harrison um, Ford likes space. No, he's, he's he always he's like infamous for loving Indiana Jones and not loving Han Solo. Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but in the 90s, not into it. Um, so Lucas was pissed because he felt that they couldn't understand that the franchise, at least in Lucas's mind, was supposed to be malleable. Like he didn't want to keep doing the same kind of movie all the time where Indiana Jones is just chasing after the same kind of artifacts and fighting Nazis every time. Mm, he sometimes that works. Sometimes if it's not broke, don't fix it. Don't fix it. Uh, I found this interesting. M. Night Shyamalan was originally hired to write, but he had to back down due to other projects. There are parts of this movie where you have to wonder if he did write it. I mean, (laughs) or like they heavily took his inspiration. Yeah. Um, I love this. Uh, One of the title ideas was Indiana Jones and the son of Indiana Jones. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds almost too ridiculous. Is that really... Yes, that was on, yes, that was true. I looked up the development, and that my was true. God, that's um, that's bad. Other stupid titles were Indiana Jones and the Destroyer of Worlds, which sounds cool, but that doesn't does really cool. have anything to do with the plot. It doesn't like imply it at all what the movie will be about. It no. doesn't like have the MacGuffin in the title. And Indiana Jones and the Mysterians, which no. is what the interdimensional beings were supposed to. be. However. Indiana Jones and the Mysterians does sound like something you'd see on the cover of like a pulp comic or something. Yeah, absolutely. Or they had those like, do you remember in the 90s they had Indiana Jones choose your own adventure books for kids? I, I that sounds super familiar, but I 
guess I am not attributing that to being Indiana Jones. I always thought they were like Indiana Jones likes. Were they really Indiana Jones? Yeah, they were Indiana oh. Jones choosing your own adventure books for kids. Okay. Yeah. And I feel like Indiana Jones and the Mysterians could absolutely be one. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So it was written by David. I never know how Cap. to pronounce his like Cap. Okay. Yeah. Cap. Uh, writer of Mission Impossible, Jurassic Park, Spider-Man. So this guy clearly has some writing creds. By, by coincidence, I did re- I rewatched Mission Impossible recently. Uh, and... I, up. great great movie Holds up. Tr- truly excellent anyway yeah the story yeah. was as you know we said by our boy george lucas and jeff nathanson i'm not aware of jeff nathanson or anything else he's uh, done i don't know if you are I, i'm not either but i am very aware of the next two people one is the, the cinematographer Giannis kaminsky who has basically done every steven spielberg movie since schindler's list i think early 90s yeah. And then the music is by John Williams and it can, you know, obviously the music in this movie rules. Uh, it does. It's there are certain motifs that are way overused. I don't need to hear the Indiana Jones theme every time Indiana Jones stands up slightly dramatically. Uh, that was a bit much to me. I guess maybe I didn't notice it as much or maybe it's just it. I, 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 I'm not going to say you're wrong and that it doesn't appear that much. Maybe it, it I just didn't. There were a few too many shots of them being like, guys, Indy's back. And I'm like, yeah, I fucking know. I get it. (laughs) His name's in the title. Yeah. Um, Um, Yeah. Go go ahead. Sean Connery and John Rhys-Davies both turned down offers to return. Um, John Rhys-Davies played Sala. And Sean Connery obviously played uh, Henry Jones Sr. And I'm glad they're not in the movie. Yes, thank you. I do miss John Reese davies but I think trying to fit Sean Connery's character into this movie would have been ill-advised. Yes, uh, totally agree. Um, So there was like a goal, as with the the other ones, to have as many practical effects and stunt work in the movie as possible. And I think Harrison Ford is famous for doing a lot of his own stunts at the expense of his body. He was 64 when this movie was made, and I... Boy, does it show. Boy, does it show. It showed more then than now, and I think it's just because now he looks younger because he's like 80 now, and he looks so much older. There was a goal to have as little CGI as possible. That did not happen. No. And I guess I'll say it now. That is a glaring problem with this movie. It's a massive problem. It, It is like... I would have rather them have toned down the insanity of some of the action sequences just so they could avoid using CGI. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get to it. But there's a sequence that I'm like, what are we even watching anymore? What is this? Yeah. Yeah. So reception to the movie was pretty mixed. I would say leaning towards the positive, though. And I felt like this was the arc of the general populace where it was slightly positive, but a little disappointed that it wasn't at the same level as the as Crusade and Raiders. That was kind of the initial reaction. Since then, it has been just like panned and yeah. everyone just remember probably because people didn't rewatch it. And they were like, this movie sucks. This movie sucks. Recently, though, even before Dial, I think kind of in, in anticipation for Dial of Destiny, a lot of people have been rewatching it and have kind of been in the whole like, actually, this movie's not that bad camp. And I think I followed the same arc. I, I I don't think this is a bad movie. And I and I did enjoy watching it. 
Yeah, I'll say overall, I'm glad I rewatched it. Um, there's problems for sure that we'll get to. But yeah, I agree with you. I, I think a lot of people just remember this one as like, oh, this is the one with the aliens. Fuck that. Forget it. Um, yeah. And it, it is the most different by far. There's also one character in it that I could one character and one actor uh, that I could see people being very turned off by. I was turned off by two characters and two actors. So uh, we'll, 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 we'll get into, get into those. Um, should we hop right in? Let's do it. So the movie opens in Nevada or Nevada, 1957. Uh, this is a weird opening or it's like a weird first like minute. It's really bizarre. Like, I don't know why they started this way. They should have started when the like Russians show up at the gate. Why yeah. did they start this way? There, There is like this. Uh, and there's got to be a meaning to it. I did not do the research to find out. But the, in the first, like, opening 20 minutes of the movie, there is, like, a hound dog theme. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this, this song Ain't Nothing About a Hound Dog is playing as Have a hound seen... dog comes out of the ground. Well, prairie and, dog. Prairie dog. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and, yeah, hound dog. Uh, and, it, like, this, like, car of, like, these rowdy teens are driving past this, like, um, what do you call it? Like, a... Army convoy. Like a convoy. That's the word I couldn't think yeah, of. Yeah. Convoy of like these army cars. And they're like chasing them. They're like trying to get them to like race them and stuff. And it's like, oh, this is okay. <laughs> what is this? Uh, and the 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 convoy reaches this gate. And like they, the, the teens are gone at this point. It's like, what the fuck was the point of that? The teen, yeah. And they're the most 1950s, 1950s teens you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the the convoy reaches this gate and they're denied entry due to the, like some testing that's going on. Uh, yeah, this this is kind of like desert territory. They then suddenly kill all the guards and they enter by force. They pull up to like this hangar and or like this warehouse or a hangar doubling as a warehouse and they pull two men from car trunks, Indiana Jones and Mac. Oh, Mac. beloved Mac. Beloved Mac. Remember Mac? No, oh, you don't. Oh. Yeah. Played by Ray Winstone. So I, I will say for this is a really thankless character. This character kind of sucks. But I will say Ray Winstone, I think, is trying as hard as he can. He is almost too hard. Um, yeah. I just I'll just say now this is one of the characters that I just don't like. And I didn't really care uh, the first time. I It was very noticeable this time. I do not love when sequels. I don't even like when sequels introduce new characters and use expository dialogue, even if it's brief, to explain how that character is known to all the characters we're familiar with for a long time, even though we've never seen them before. Hey, remember those adventures we went on yeah. off screen? I hate that. Yeah, I really hate it. And that is what this is. Mac did not need to be in this movie at all, really. No, no. You take him out and I think nothing really changes. Um, and more on that in a bit. So one of these men, uh, their fedora falls off haha, before we even see them in full. And then we see a silhouette of that man putting the fedora back on as we get our first of many musical motifs from the the dun dun dun. dun. Uh, That's cool. I like that. It's 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 cute. So these army soldiers are revealed to be Russians, those Ooh. dirty Russians. Well, OK, to be totally honest, I am kind of glad they got away from Nazis. Sure. Like it wouldn't make sense to fight Nazis in 1957 or whatever. So I feel like the Russians make a good threat. It's a it's a I guess it's a natural um, 
switch right? yeah unless indiana jones were like fighting hydra which i would also watch i i, I don't want to de- delve <laughs> so too deep into what i'm about to say now but it, it's it's curious how there are like two enemies of the united states from around that time and i guess not not currently in 1957 russia was like our enemy yeah not japan but Japan, no. like a World War, even in World War Two, you do not see like you wouldn't see a movie like this be like, you know, who are our enemies are going to be Japan in this film, because somehow that's like racist, whereas like Russians, it's like, who cares? They're white. Um, They can be. You they know can, what I mean? Like in, yeah. in modern fiction, we keep coming back to Cold War. Russians suck this, that. I mean, I, maybe it's because Russia still sucks <laughs> and Japan yeah. doesn't. Well, the other thing that we keep running into um, is uh, that thing that I can't remember that I was about to say. But go on. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That thing. About Russians. Yeah, Uh, that thing. Oh, no. I remember what it is. Um, It's all like villains are British people. That's That's the thing that we just accept that like villains are British. I don't know. Yeah. It's very easy to make Nazis and Russians enemies and but for some reason i find it i find it interesting that i mean you never know george lucas might have been in the writer's room and been like hey you know who should be the bad guys here the japanese and they're just like dude no no i don't think so <laughs> no george god no um so one of these russians like it's kind of like the head like the big grunt russian like not fa- not a famous actor playing them but they're clearly they're going to be around a while because they're like the tallest and like most jack like, of all um, the russians He's the goon. He's like, yeah, he's the head goon. He's the head goon. Yeah. He punches Indy and we get that really classic loud ass punch sound effect, which is like the loudest one of the movie. I kept like listening for the rest of them in the movie. And this is by far the loudest. We also get such an unrealistic punch sound. We also get a Wilhelm scream, which I love. We do. We do. Well, in the in the in the library sequence. Or do we uh, get yes. one in this scene too? I thought we got one in this scene too. We, I, we might have the library. I might have missed it. But so we then meet Colonel Doctor, Colonel, Colonel Arena Doctor. Spalco, who is played by Kate Blanchett, really going for it. And yeah. her accent kind of starts off as like a blend of British and Ukrainian. She's supposed to be Ukrainian. And then just kind of, I don't know, evolves or devolves into like a half Russian. It's I think weird. I think you could charitably say that she learned British English as her English, and that's why she has an accent. She but... is Australian, I believe. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, but that's being very charitable. We then see it's uh, Area Fifty One is where they are. If you didn't pick up on that earlier, and it, I, I still can't get over. It. I feel like you could have like had a hint of that rather than ha- at the very very beginning instead of the stupid teens in their car. But anyway. The doors to the warehouse open and we see a lot of boxes stacked. If you have seen Raiders of the Lost Ark, you are already like, this looks Whoa. familiar. Yeah. I remember being very excited in the movie. And, and I will say, like, you were worried about this movie going in. I was not as much. And I was like super stoked at, at, at this stage during the movie. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Dr. Spalco is looking for a box with mummified remains. And she says that Indy knows where it is. And so Indy cleverly uses gunpowder from their grenades and shotgun shells to find it because whatever is in the box is apparently highly magnetized. Now, it, they make you feel like Indiana Jones is trying to get rid of all their bullets and grenades. That, and I yeah. think that they and they and, and it ends up not being his goal. And I was fooled by it yet again. 
it would have I, been really funny if they had just had him keep getting more and more and more bullets and gunpowder from them until they all had no bullets left. And then it just turned into a fist fight. Or yeah, or they like try and open their clips and there's only like five bullets left and they all yeah. miss or something. I'm really surprised that like they make it seem like I feel like the movie is was intentionally making you f- feel like he's doing that and then it turns out not to be true well because if he's doing that he's trying to outsmart them where the what's actually in the film is he's like kind of shrugs and is like all right i guess i'll take you to it yeah right i mean there's really nothing he could do so the box they get to the box the box is labeled roswell new mexico haha it's an alien who knows so dr spalco cuts it open and takes out a crystal skull which is magnetized. So Indy makes a move, pulls a gun on her, and then we find out that Mac, who we just met and apparently had a lot of adventures with him because he calls him Jonesy. Yes. That gets annoying. Yeah. Mac double crosses him. Oh, uh, no. Wow. Like that guy that we just met it is now bad. I, I feel nothing. I feel so betrayed. I feel <laughs> so betrayed. Yeah. Says he needs the money because obviously. Well, no, he goes on to say because he's lost a lot of cards where I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Why don't you make it like my wife <laughs> has been kidnapped or something? Right. Yeah. They have my family or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Uh, I guess they, they want us to make they, they want us to hate him and yeah. we don't we, we don't care. It's it's apathy. It's worse than hatred. That is worse than hatred. <laughs> so the classic Indiana Jones theme really kicks into full gear. Um, as he kind of tries to make his move to escape. Uh, there's a chase sequence. There's a lot of like swinging from a lantern with his whip miscalculates how far to uh, Dr. Spalco's car. She's trying to get away. Um, and, you know, he swings back into another car. He's got like a damn. I thought that was closer line. It's it's fun. It's 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 fun. There's a there's I, like a car chase and like a foot chase at the same time going on. I think Indiana Jones action is working at his best when kind of like Spider-Man. Like I think the best Spider-Man fights are when things don't go well for him. Like yes. he's out of web cartridges or you know, he has to compensate for some disadvantage. And I love seeing Indiana Jones be like scrappy and make mistakes and miscalculate things. And like that to me is the Indiana Jones action that I love the most. Totally agree. And this yeah. this opening sequence pretty much does it well. Um, it does. As part of this car chase, one of these cars, one of the cars hits a box and it gets cracked and we see the Ark of the Covenant. Yes. I, I actually wish they wouldn't have done that. I wish they would have had it be a little more subtle. Like, you you know, this is where it is if you're a real fan. I don't know. I, I Minor nitpick. I just don't. I don't think we needed to see it. Um, Yeah, yeah, I agree. There's a fun moment where he's driving a car directly towards Mac and some other Russian. And Mac is just like, you don't know him. Like kind of like implying that Indiana Jones is not going to like give up on this game of chicken. And it doesn't happen. (laughs) Yeah. Like Indiana Jones, just the the car rams into the other car and Indiana Jones just like gets up through uh, like like a like another lantern or something and like run climbs up and starts running on the rafters as they're shooting him a lot of stormtrooper bullets in indiana jones lots of them and so he kind of falls down into this lower level with that main russian goon that we were referring to before and there's like a fist fight there they end up on this like experimental like rocket powered vehicle and the like rocket like ignites and it like burns up a bunch of Russians and he and that Russian goon kind of like fly away from the base on this track and like they're going so fast that the Russian goon passes out from the speed 
and Indiana Jones just kind of escapes basically. It, it's it's a weird end of the sequence, I suppose. I don't know. It, and now we get to a part that is kind of like universally panned, and I was oh, hoping God. I'd like it more this time. I did not. Okay, so, tell us. So, yeah, Indiana Jones, like, he escapes until, like, morning, and he finds himself in this village in the middle of the desert. He realizes very quickly that it is a nuclear bomb testing facility with all these, like, fake people around. The The Russians kind of follow him there and then realize this, too, uh, once, the, like, an alarm goes off when the nuclear bomb is launched or ignited or whatever. And so the Russians try to get away. Indiana Jones tries to get in the car with them. He fails. And so he very quickly decides to hide in a lead-lined fridge to survive the nuclear yep. And they show, as he puts, as he gets in the fridge, it says, lead-lined. Yeah. So the, fucking stupid. The fridge is launched into the air and lands really fucking hard. No it's, way that a 64-year-old man survives that, or anyone. No, no, it bounces, like, besides being thrown from the blast, the way it bounces down the hill, like, you would have shattered every bone in your body. It is so absurd, and for some reason, I hold this movie to a higher standard than I hold Iron Man, like, when, he, when like, Tony just, like, lands really hard from, like, thousands of feet in the air, and he just brushes it off, like, because it, it, because he's in a metal suit, I, it doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, that we don't have anything new to say about this scene. It still sucks. Yeah. So Indy is then brought to a government base and interrogated by the FBI. This is a weird, sort of weird subplot in a way. I, I, it goes nowhere. It doesn't go anywhere. It's it, they kind of abandon it like thirty minutes into the movie. Yeah. He's so he's interrogated by uh, some agents, including the janitor from Scrubs. Yes, Neil Flynn, uh, and he's accused of being a communist because because 1957. Well, also because presumably, like in their mind, he assisted the Russians in breaking into this warehouse. Yes, the beginning of this movie also, and they abandoned this too. The beginning of the movie has so much like Red Scare shit that it's it's annoying like we've seen a million movies about people being accused of being communists like can yeah. we just can we just not just lay it on so thick um indy is kind of like like saved in this situation by a uh, general ross who we never see again yeah. uh but he is played by the actor who plays charles widmore in lost and i, I love forgot that about that i love that guy too and so, yeah, so indy indy gets out of the situation and, and kind of goes back to marshall college uh to teach yeah, so uh, next we see Indy in class teaching, uh, and Dean Stanforth, played by Jim Broadbent, uh, shows up. Remember Dean Stanforth? Classic. Classic <laughs> Dean Stanforth. We I love will, him. I will say a nice kind of reference to the other movies is that there are more women in his class than men. Yes, yes, that which is, is a nice which little... Is, classic everyone running joke they all have the crush on him yeah Yeah. and dean sanforth is like the marcus brody stand-in yes because denholm elliott who played marcus brody uh died uh much earlier actually i think early 90s yeah yeah uh but he has no choice but to fire indy because the fbi has been asking questions about him and accusing him of being a communist uh he did resign to protect indy or try to so apparently dean stanforth is a good guy yeah uh, Indy reflects on losing his dad and Marcus, um, who we just said he uh, the actor passed away. Yep. Um, Indy boards a train with these agents in pursuit. We don't know. Are they FBI agents? Are they Russian agents? Um, but who should show up? But the character Mutt uh, on a really stupid motorcycle. 
Let's talk about Mutt. Let's talk about his look. Let's talk about his his vibe. What do you think about Mutt? Um, I will say that at this time, Shia LaBeouf, I I liked him. I thought he, I think he, I still think he's a good actor. I think he's made some weird choices, and he's also got some things going on in his personal life that I won't litigate here. But he's got some. He's a troubled person. I, I think he's trying as hard as he can, but Mutt Williams is just an awful character. Agreed. He should have never existed. I, I don't know how you do this differently because I, in a way I do like the fact that he bring like what I, I think the larger purpose he serves is something I find charming about this movie, but I don't find the character. I, I honestly, you could, I would like the character more if he wasn't a fucking greaser. Well, they so clearly they wanted to make the character a foil to Indiana Jones, yeah, um, but also be similar. And so I think they're like, well, Indiana Jones is an academic. What if we made him like a dropout? Um, and it's like you could have gone a million other directions if you wanted to make a foil for Indiana Jones. Y- yes, y- yeah. Well, we maybe we can relitigate Mutt in the larger context that we'll get later in the film about who he is. Yeah. So anyhow, um, he finds Indiana Jones and he wants to know if he's ever worked with a Dr. Oxley. Jones says yes. And Mutt says Oxley is in danger for, for some, I guess for some added context, Mutt said that his dad died during the war and that's Oxley like helped raise him. Right. Yeah. Um, so, and I believe that's what they get when they talk at this 1950s diner, um, India. Oh, yeah. So here's yeah. what we, here's a little hint as to what's coming later. Indy asks Mutt what kind of name it is. And Mutt says it's the name he picked for himself, which is just like Indiana. Uh-huh. I actually do. I, I forget every time I rewatch these movies that that's not his actual name, that his name is actually just Henry Jones yes. Jr. Yes. Um, like you just said, Mutt was helped by Dr. Oxley growing up, so he has some kind of father feelings towards him. Uh, he tells Indy that Oxley was obsessed with a crystal skull found in Peru, that he was trying to search for Akator, which is a mythical lost city in the Amazon, otherwise known as El Dorado. Um, El Dorado being the city of gold. Legend says that whoever returns the lost skull will be control- given control over the skull's power. Whatever presumably, that means. Presumably more than just magnetism. Um, but wouldn't that actually be cool <laughs> if you just got the powers of magnetism? Became the- Magneto. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Now that'd be a fun plot. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Mutt's mom went to rescue Oxley, but she has been captured. Um, and who is his mother? Well, he says her name is Mary Williams. Mary, Marion? or No. Mary? Mary. Mary. Okay, Mary yeah. Williams. Yeah. Uh, the Russian agents, so we find out that the agents that have been following them are, in fact, Russian, um, and they try and capture Indy and Mutt. Uh, they get away by doing, like, I kind of hate this. I do, too. Uh, they get away by instigating a fight between jocks and greasers, <laughs> uh, which is just so stupid. Oh, um, by the way, I believe... Uh, one one of these Russian goons is played by I forget his name, but he played uh Mikhail on Lost. So we got two Lost actors in the mix already. Oh, I love it. Yeah, two Lost villains. 
Um, but Indy realizes that he's been tricked or they've all, kind of all been tricked that they let Mary go so that she could mail this letter so that she could lead them to Indiana Jones. Yep. We get a chase scene here and like, I'm a sucker for a good car chase. And I yeah. think this is a pretty good car chase. This is a cool setting for a car chase. I couldn't re- like think of like another movie that had like a car chase through a university campus. No, neither could I. And I think it's actually, it's well done for as over the top it is. As it is, I feel like it's like vaguely realistic enough. Yeah, um, I, I we'll, quite enjoyed it. Yeah, we'll get a car chase scene later that is just like the polar opposite of this. Um, so they're going through the campus and we get our, you know, anti-communist sentiment. They're doing a rally. They, they're saying better dead than red. It's a little much. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I actually read the... that as better red than dead when I first saw it. <laughs> like my, my brain just mixed up the letters and I was like, this is an odd, <laughs> an odd protest. Better Red Dead Redemption than dead. <laughs> yeah. um, but two things. Um, God, Harrison Ford looks tired in this performance. He just yeah, probably because he, really he is because he's doing stunts. Yeah, and then this is where we do get for sure a Wilhelm scream yes. um, from one of the kids in the library, who then proceeds to ask Indiana Jones like this academic question, and you're like, "Get the fuck out of here! That wouldn't happen." Yeah. Um, so back at Indy's house, Indy translates the letter Marion sent him, which was written by Ox. Mary. Mary. Yeah. Whoa, Mary. Um, and Ox has included a clue in a riddle about where the lost city is. Uh, Indy figures out that it is in Nazca, Peru or nearby. Yeah. I And so another reference to the old Indiana Jones films we get as they travel, we get the map with like the red lines to show travel from where they are to where they're going. I love, I the, I love when they do this. You would, you'd have like, this is Indiana Jones. Like you could, I don't know if dial of destiny has this, but mm. if it doesn't, I would spit upon it. I'm sure, I'm sure it does. Yeah, and I will, sure. I'll find out today. Maybe yeah. you will as well. So in Peru, Indian mutt talk uh, as they kind of like walk through the town that they're in and they find out that Oxley was put in a sanatorium and then taken away. So Mutt mentions through this kind of dialogue that he quit school and now he fixes motorcycles. He said, and Indy's like, that's fine, man, as long as you want, do what you want to do. This comes back later, which in, in, a, in a way that I, I actually find funny. Yeah, a little bit. So we find out that Mac is following them. Good old Mac, our boy Mac. So they visit, they visit Oxley's cell and they see there's like a ton of like, insane person writing on the wall it's very yeah it's very stereotypical the the word yeah there's like different drawings of the of a skull there is the the word return written in different languages and indy realizes they need to go to francisco de orellana's orellana the explorer who's looking for um, orellana's orellana uh an explorer looking for the, the for el dorado uh go to their grave and so and, and they find out that Oxley drew a map on the floor to show how to get there. So they visit the grave at night uh, and they are attacked by these like raving lunatic kids in masks who have poison darts. Uh, um, no, thank you. No. And also like two things were they just like hanging out there for no reason. Yeah. And, and then two kind of culturally insensitive, especially yes. for 2008. I was kind of shocked. Might be a George Lucas choice. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I get I get what they're going with. They want like that pulp, you know, 30s comic of, you know, the brave white hero escaping the savages. 
but even saying that out loud you should realize what a terrible idea that is to yeah a modern and, movie and everybody likes a everyone thinks in it like it, it it uh makes the lore of something like more appealing when you have like this group of people guarding something important but there's so little done with these characters it's not even mentioned like oh they must be the guardians they're just kind of like ghouling around and then dealt with well what i didn't realize and i think this is true that they are actually the same as the people we meet later when they right. get to akator i i mean i assume that but it's uh, still... i didn't i was i thought this was even more random than that oh, no. which no. made me hate it more but then i was like oh wait they're the same people i still don't like it but i anyway. don't like it so there's a little bit of like a mini fight sequence. Um, Mud is like about to be shot with a dart. And there's a funny moment where Indy appears right in front of the guy who's going to blow the dart and then just blows the dart into the attacker's mouth. I found that to be pretty funny. I love that. that and at that point, like Mud's like, are you like you're a teacher? And Indy's like, yeah, part time. <laughs> um, Actually, not anymore. Indy, you got fired. This is when I noticed that Mutt, I mean, because he's a greaser and we've all seen like grease and stuff. They love fixing their hair, but Mutt keeps fixing his hair. And I'm like, God, I hate that he's a greaser. This is so annoying. I, I, I just I don't know why. Why did they do this? Mutt, I don't know how to fix the prop, the Mutt Williams problem, but just I, OK, here's what you do. Here's how you fix him. Instead of making him a greaser, make him a total nerd. And instead of him learning to like embrace his academic side, have him like embrace his like adventuresome Indiana Jones side. Yeah, that that, that can work. And maybe they, maybe the reason they started this is they were like, wouldn't it be funny if he dropped out of school and was anti like school? And that's what like Indiana Jones is passionate about. I don't know. Yeah. Either way, know. it just doesn't work. So they find this hidden door underground and mud is attacked by scorpions. There's like a it's half joke about like you. it's OK to be attacked by big ones, not by small ones. Well, and it's another hint that like Mud and Indy are related because Indy has a thing about snakes and Mud has a specific thing about scorpions. Yeah. So they find this 500 year old mummified remains of Oriana and his men. They realize that someone had recently come and went from this grave, which I don't know if it's entirely clear who. Oh, it is. They explain it later. Oh, they do. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wait. No. Yes. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. So they find this large, magnetized, alien-like crystal skull behind Oriana's corpse. Could it be an interdimensional being, though? <sighs> who, who even knows at this point? <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot X-Files. That was also huge. Like, oh, like, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I knew there was something else I'd forget. Forgotten. Um. Anyway, so, the, so Indy suspects that Oxley found the skull, took it to Akator, and then returned it to the grave, which is exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah. So they exit the grave and Mac and the Russian soldiers greet them and take them into custody. And we get the map again as they kind of travel sort of north east ish to I don't know if it's still in Peru, but some like camp in the middle of the Amazon. Yes. So Mutt and Indy are now prisoners of the Russians and they are stuck, as you said, at their Amazon campsite. Uh, Mac tries his best to make peace with Indy, but there's it's not working for him. He reiterates that he's only in it for the money and that he's into Akator for it being an entire city of gold. Um, Spalco comes in to inter or interrogate Indy. Um, however, Mac tells Indy, do like what we did in Berlin. Remember Berlin, um, which will come back later uh, to a greater or lesser effect. It's like lesser. Everything lesser. Mac related is just a waste. 
Um, so Spelko interrogates Indy, and we kind of learn her motivations. She wants a mind weapon to compete against the U.S.'s nuclear weapons. Um, Oxley returned the skull to its resting place, as we said, mm-hmm. so that the Russians could not get to it. What? Um, and- let me ask you a question really quick. What yeah. do you think of the trope of the villain who is going after this MacGuffin? for power that there is no verification of like there, there's no evidence that this is actually there's like a prof a promise of power that they've created in their own mind it's not like there's any proof that what they're looking for will do exactly what they want right like no. the ark of the covenant the 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 holy grail like there's like these villains like conclude that when they get this thing, it will give them X and Y power when there's no reason for them to believe that other than the delusions that they have in their mind. I see what you're saying, but I also think about all the occult research that the Nazis did and like Russians actually were trying to perform mind control experiments. So I kind of chalk it up to like, there are those kinds of people in the world and, and um, I, I phrased that question it has kind of like loaded it to make it seem like I hate it. I actually don't hate it. I just find it funny. Sometimes we are like, hey, maybe like think about this for a second before you <laughs> yeah. do it. <laughs> you know, I agree. Um, yeah, because, you know, she said like Indiana Jones tells Spelko numerous times, like what she's telling him is a fairy tale. Like yeah. it's not real, um, but she goes along with it. So uh, we mm-hmm. we get some discussion about who made the crystal skull. Um they say aliens. We kind of got that already because it's an alien body. Um, and she speculates that Akator was a city of supreme beings. Um, and these beings, presumably aliens. So as a twist, um, they actually do have Dr. Oxley with them as a prisoner, although he's gone insane from looking into the eyes of the crystal skull. Bringing John Hurt, just I feel like we just took advantage of him. Our John whole Hurt, I took like, him for granted. <laughs> I love John Hurt. May he rest in peace. Uh, right. He's passed away. I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, but he's underutilized here and he's kind of the raving lunatic character, which you've seen in a lot of other movies. Um, and I find that annoying because I love John Hurt and I wish he had more to do. Do you, has he been a raving lunatic in other things? I feel like he has, this was like giving me big deja vu, but maybe I was just getting deja vu to the seeing the movie the first time. I, you know what? I bet he has. He's been in so much. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Spelko wants Indy to interpret Oxley and kind of his ramblings for the Russians so that they can find the lost city. Um, Indy now looks into the skull's eyes, just like Oxley did. Um, and it does affect Indy, who keeps saying return. Although um, he looks away before the skull can kind of completely corrupt his mind like it did Oxley. So... We get much showing up uh, and Marion is revealed to be alive and the Russians captive. Uh, and at this point, it's like, who don't they have captive? Right. Like they have every main character captive. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all together. Oh, and they all they also like it seems like Indy might have like faked some of his reaction to the skull. Like some of it seems real, but I think he orchestrated some of exaggerated some of it so he could lure um mac in so we could break his nose which is something he promised to do earlier oh yes i'm sorry i did forget that um yeah uh, the other thing about the crystal skull is um like spalco says that it only responds to certain people so presumably she's looked into it and it hasn't responded to her yeah but it does seemingly respond to indian oxley so that's also really never made clear why like 
do you have to be a good person? Yeah, it's so obvious, Aaron. It's the, they, it sees the goodness in our hearts, yeah, our pure you know hearts. I think it might. Because... There is like a theme of that in Indiana Jones, right? Like the the like they wonder like why didn't we die in in by like why like why did us not looking at the ark true like help us or like why even though we were physically present and close by why didn't the ark kill us? And it's like maybe because they're pure in heart and they didn't want to use the ark for selfish gain and power and then you know there's a line in last crusade where um henry jones senior is like you know uh what's her face the 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 woman the nazi played by allison duty and who's just like uh he's like she never believed in the grail like she just only saw it as a way to get power and she tries to escape and then because of selfishness and then dies because of that and loses the loses the grail like there, that's a, I guess that's, that's not in temple of doom really, but no, but you're right. There's this weird, also even like Indy picking the right cup and he like picks the right cup for virtuous reasons, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I I'm just going to regurgitate something I heard on another podcast about um uh, last crusade. And that actually, it kind of fits in with what I was saying earlier about like, maybe villains should like think about stuff before they do it. Yeah. Uh, again, this is not my joke. Uh, it's I'm stealing it. Uh, but like it's like when you when he goes into the grail room when they all go into the grail room the like main villain is like which cup i, I don't know which cup it's gonna be and then um the 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 woman is like i'll choose for you and he's like great idea and she like Ugh. doesn't she doesn't she clearly is like trying to kill him and picks <laughs> something immediately and he's like oh of course this is it and there's like 50 grails around yeah I cannot I rewatching I'm just like I can't I cannot believe that he wouldn't just like take a moment and think about it <laughs> before apparently not he's into it it's just like and I guess maybe the point is like people are so deluded and um obsessed with power that they can only see their end goal and so they kind of like lose the logic along the way I, I don't know but that, I guess there's a little bit of that going on here yeah um so we find out that Marion is Mutt's mother um, and we get some verbal sparring between her and Indy, uh, which is kind of fun. We see that there's still a spark between them. I'll I'll say now, I absolutely fucking love Marion Ravenwood being in this movie. And I yes. wish she was in every single Indiana Jones movie in She's some great. capacity. She their banter is great. I love I love all the dialogue between her and Indy. Love it all. It's all top marks. So great. She saves this movie. She does save the movie and like there is that for sure chemistry still there. Um, so it's I, so I good. Is she is such like a warm, adorable smile. Like it just warms my heart to 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 see her in this movie and to see her just like verbally spar with Indy. Yeah, she they demonstrate that she's a good she's a good match for him for sure. Yes. Like she can go toe to toe with him. Uh, so Ox draws Indy some clues as to the whereabouts of Actor. Um, I think this is really cool. He's kind of just randomly moving his hand and Indy's like, someone give him a pencil, someone give him paper. Um, and he starts drawing. Yeah. Again, it's kind of, it's a little bit silly, um, but I think it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so Mutt gets a moment with Ox where he kind of gets to reunite with him because Ox is kind of his adopted dad. So we get that um, as Indy is starting to translate the drawings. So Mutt engineers this escape by punching out one of the soldiers. They run away into the jungle. Uh, but oops, they run into not quicksand, because that would sound normal, <laughs> it would be, 
but dry sand, which is something I've never wanted. I've never heard of it either. Like as like a dry sand pit, I think they call it or something like that. And I love, but I do love the joke of Indy like explaining to Mutt what quicksand versus uh, yes. like uh, dry sand is versus like in the middle of this like horrible situation. Um, in terms of practical effects, I think this sucks. I don't think this looks good, although it is practical. It's okay. Yeah. I- I'm, o- I'm okay with it. It's, it's a little cheesy. I agree, but yeah. Um, so as they're going down, um, Indy yells to Oxley to get them help and Mutt runs off to go try and get something to save them. So Marion and Indy are alone as they're going down. Marion reveals to Indy that Mutt is his son. Yeah. Um, I love lo- when she's like, his name is Henry and he's like, ah, Henry. Good name. Great name. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. Tell us about this like joke that, that comes back. I, I like this. And, and like the moment she's like, he's your son. He's like, why the hell didn't you make him finish school? <laughs> <laughs> okay. That is, that is pretty. It's nice. great. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, I mean, it's, it's not like a, re- like a revolutionary joke. It's just, it's, it's great. I, I, I love all the, and then that's what I, what I meant earlier about like, the thing that I like about Mutt is like the because his existence gives Indy and Marion the ability to have this great dialogue. Like it kind of like it brings them together. Like yeah. he brings them together, them having a son together. So I, I'm again, I'm not saying get rid of the fact that they have a son, but like it's just I think Mutt Williams is generally not not successful. No, I'm I very interested 100%. to see what Dial of Destiny will do with acknowledging Mutt's existence. Like I, I, by, by all reports, Shia LaBeouf is not in Dial of destiny. So what, I don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> um, will kill be him off off. Screen. Uh, it would be fucking, I was just about to say, it'd be fucking hilarious if they kill him off screen. <laughs> yeah. That is just such a fuck you to Mutt <laughs> Williams and not really to fans, but like, I think I will laugh out loud in the theater. If that happens, I think everyone would love it. I, mean, I think really- they would too, but it, my goodness, it'd be so funny. Um, so speaking of Mutt being awful and stupid, um, Mutt comes and saves them by using a rope, uh, but it's not a rope. It's just a live snake. <laughs> um, so they use a live snake as a rope to get out. How does this snake not get shredded to pieces? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe <laughs> snake, maybe <laughs> snakes are really strong. I can't say. I've never never held one. The best is when um, Indy is like being pulled out and the wide shot you get, it's so clearly a plastic prop snake. Yeah. And then Mutt throws it in the jungle and it could not be more of a prop. And I, I kind of love it. Just Yeah, I kind of love this scene. I mean, there's this like playful John Williams music going on throughout. Like the stakes are clearly not like they want you to be having fun here. They're not like trying to do that bullshit where they make it seem like it's a, such a horrible, dire situation where one of our heroes could die. Like, you know, no yeah. one's going to die. It's just like a fun, uh oh, we're in quicksand scene, and the music like guides us to feel to have a have a fun time with it. I I understand that. I will say I think this scene is entirely pointless, minus like minus finding out or Indy finding out that Mud is his son. Yeah, because Mac and the Russians immediately recapture them. Yeah. Uh, so it's like we got this escape, we got the quicksand sequence, we got this you know revelation. And then they just get recaptured. They very clearly were trying to find a way for them to have some alone time to to have this conversation. And that's exactly what it is. And I don't understand why they couldn't just be tied up in the same tent together. But right. That or the scene that takes place next in the back of the van and the convoy, like maybe could have just all happened there instead. Tell us about it. Um, So 
we and, and uh, let me just give a little bit of an intro to this next sequence. There, there are some major problems with this next sequence. That said, the general idea of like a jungle car chase and it's just a car chase in an Indiana Jones movie. I'm cool. all for it. I like yeah. it. And the, like, I'll, I'll go going back to what we were doing earlier. Like the stuff in Indiana Jones that I really like, besides like great banter, um, is like underground tomb shit, which is what like I wish there was more of. Like when they were in Peru and you know the scorpion stuff, like the hidden like. There's like a skull, they move it, and there's like a hidden door thing that you pull. That I like that kind of Indiana Jones stuff. More of that, please. Um, love a good car chase too. But they really fucking ruin this car chase with some stuff that's I mean, it's, it's not totally ruined. There's some good stuff that happens here. There's just a couple like big breaches, like shark jumping shit that they do that is just out of left field and does not work in the slightest. Yeah, Indiana Jones has always been like elevated and like larger than life, but this goes larger than reality. Yeah, <laughs> it goes larger than any. So, so we start with Marion and Indy. I mean, Mutt's in the back too. They're arguing in the back of a van, and Marion's like, "Indy, you broke off the wedding one week before the wedding day, and then you disappeared." Uh, she then married someone else. Indy says he didn't want to hurt her. Well, clearly, he's like, "I'm protecting you from myself." That kind of thing. Yeah. And Oxley stopped talking to Indy because he ran away. And I guess Ox was just upset that uh, Indy ran away from Marion and, and his son, which he didn't know about. And Marion, I, I this is my favorite part of the entire movie. I just this just totally worked on me. I like smiled so, so huge. Marion asks Indy about like his female pursuits after her. And he says there were a few, but they all had the same problem. And she's like, what was that? He goes, they weren't you, honey. Uh, and she is totally smitten so yeah. smitten i and that just made so, warmed my heart i love it so much it's, it's a great line it it's is. such a such a great line and i'm smiling now just thinking about it uh, so during these arguments indy it's one of those classic like let's argue and then suddenly punch somebody uh i love that <laughs> it's a great trope and so they, they like, during the arguments they uh they start kicking the russian guard uh out of the truck and they cut themselves loose well, and two, this is where we see all three of them kind of starting to work together after they've been sort of alienated from each other a little bit. Yeah. Um, like Indy kicks and then looks at Mutt and Mutt kicks too. Like they're kind of in it together now. Yeah. And so Marion and uh, Mutt end up in like the front seat. Marion's driving and Mutt's sitting there. And there's this moment where Indy pops out of the back with a rocket launcher <laughs> and he delivers this line. with I can't decide if it's overacting or if it's like him overcompensating. And trying to be a good father now that he knows he's a father. He's like, scooch over, will you, son? Oh, God. I, I laughed at it. I, I I don't think it's bad. I just, I just can't get to the bottom of like what was going through his head when he delivered that line. Well, and then he's like, if I were you, I'd cover my ears. Uh, and then yeah. Mutt doesn't cover his ears. Yeah. Uh, so he blows up the rocket launcher with like in, next to the ears of Marion and Mutt. You know, it, it blows up the front vehicle and the convoy that's cutting down a path in the forest. And there's this like shootout then um, between like Spalco and like the Russians and them. There's like, again, a whole like chick car sequence, some great stuff of Indy jumping from car to car, punching people as he does. We gets to like Max car and he starts punching Mac. Max like I'm CIA. I was trying to hint at that when I was talking about Berlin. And uh, again, I, I know what happens, obviously, but even the first time I saw the movie, I'm like, I don't give a shit about no, no any of this cares. Mac double agent, triple agent shit. No. And so the basically the rest of the sequence is this like keep away with the crystal skull. It keeps like kind of going from car to car. 
this is what near the end of it is when it just gets too much and yeah. two two big problems one mutt and spalco have like a fencing duel on top of moving cars so okay so here's the thing so mutt mentions to indy that he he's had good with a knife well, no, he mentions to Indy that his mom enrolled him in a bunch of private prep schools and that he was in the fencing club. He does. Oh, right. That. Yeah. Um, however, and I think the idea of a fencing duel between Mutt and Spalco is a cool idea. Just not here and not this. Yeah. Not on cars. No. Yeah. I, again, I can suspend disbelief for a lot of things in Indiana Jones films, but like this is something that just it's weird when it stands out as being so stupid. It's too much. But it it's actually it, it's nothing compared to what happens next. So Mutt like kind of runs into a vine as he's standing on top of the, the car and lifts him up into the trees and a bunch of monkeys show up and kind of like are like, hey, man, you can swing through the forest <laughs> I, that without talking. They're not talking monkeys. That would be just next level stupid. But honestly, at this point. Yeah. And then he just Georgia the jungles his way to catch up with this convoy i got you can't swing on vines and catch up to cars yeah it is so stupid and it it is the second time that there is something stupid like like one of the only things i don't like about raiders of the lost ark is that stupid fucking monkey that nazi monkey that like screws over indy but then gets killed by the date the poison date like I don't understand what the I could maybe it's supposed to be a reference to that, but like the monkey stuff is stupid. And I guess there's another monkey reference in uh, Temple of Doom because they're eating monkey brains. Yes. But just this is so dumb. It's so dumb. And it actually makes the dumb thing that happens next seem less dumb. They end up on this giant field of red anthills. And and well, they're a specific kind of red like ant, cannibalistic that, at red ants. I don't know. Yes, I, I don't. Yeah. So Ox like takes the skull and uses it to kind of avoid these swarm of swarm of ants. It like kind of makes the ants like spread out and avoid whoever's got the skull, and it kind of creates the space where Indy is like currently fighting that like main Russian goon. So Indy wins that you know punch out. And the goon is like falls into the ants overtaken. The ants kind of like bring him into the ant hill and kill him. Uh, yeah, there's like a great gruesome shot of all the ants going into his mouth. Yeah, um, which was extremely CG, but I still appreciated it. It there's like Indiana Jones has some great gruesome deaths. Now that I think about it, it like, does great. What? Um, yeah, I, I would say this one is not up there with the best of them, but not bad. So now that we've talked about these, like these, the ants and like the jungle and stuff, this is where this whole sequence that I've just been talking about, like this car chase through the Amazon culminating in like the end with this, with this ant sequence is where the horrible CGI is most used and most obvious. Yeah. It like, they are like not even in a jungle. It's ridiculous. And, you know, I read, and I didn't say this during the development that like they filmed this like all in America. And so like they had like some Lucas, film like visual effects artists like uh ilm people go and like photograph like the amazon and then come back and they use it to like digitally recreate the amazon and it looks fake as hell and stupid (laughs) it looks and like the monkeys and the swinging and it's so it's weird because like the the earlier parts of the movie like don't nearly seem as 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 obvious and the ants obviously very cgi too it's just it's funny how People say they go back and rewatch Lord of the Rings and they say like the it's you can see like the seams 
um, and like the CGI is like so dated. I haven't really quite noticed it yet. And maybe it's because of like the aesthetic of the Lord of the Rings makes it harder to pinpoint it. And I guess like when you see like the large shots of like the hundreds of thousands of soldiers and it's like, yeah, okay. Some of those look a little digital, but I, I, it's it's hard for me to believe that like you could have a movie in 2008, like almost 10 years after Lord of the Rings was made and have the CGI be that bad in comparison. Well, also it's a fucking Spielberg movie. Yeah. Like what is happening? <laughs> I, I know it, it's it's really. Then again, like we like think about it. Like now we're in 2023, and like CGI is so much better, and yet some movies are doing it so horribly. Yeah, like true. Marvel movies, and it, granted, I, and again, I'm not shitting on visual effects artists. A lot of them are like just underpaid and overworked. So I'm not commenting on that. It's just a I blame I'm, I'm blaming studios for this, not the not the not the quality or like work ethic of yeah um, yeah the people behind the scenes. Anyway. So kind of like during this red ant sequence, like uh, Spalco is like trying to avoid getting um, getting killed by the ants as well. Um, you know, she survives. They start rappelling down this cliff away from the ants and to get down themselves. Marion drives the good guys off a cliff onto a tree, which lowers them into the river. That's like an absurd thing that I, I find fine. It, it doesn't bother I, me. I don't. I think it's all like it's all too escalated. It's all too elevated. It, it is a bit. And maybe maybe it didn't bother me as much because of what came before was so fucking stupid that True. this seemed like normal. <laughs> so they fall down these three waterfalls. And is that that's a reference to like one of the clues before it's like you go down three times or something like that. Yeah. So at the bottom, Mutt looks upwards and sees the entrance to um, what's it called again? Akator. Yeah. yeah. And it looks like the skull, like skull, like structure in the, in the water, like in the, the, the rocky wall that like next to the waterfall, it is so high up. How did they get in there? I have no idea. They said go behind the waterfall. So I assume that the skull was way up high and that the entrance was oh, down low through the waterfall. I, I but... missed that. Well, the classic, that's classic video game thing, right? There's like always something behind a waterfall. Exactly. Um, except in Tears of the Kingdom sometimes. And it always pisses well, me off. Because there's so many waterfalls. There, there are, are there are definitely waterfalls where there is something you can't. We can't that's expect true. them to do to do all that. Um, so something that happens that I find baffling and that, so like, I think the movie from here on out gets kind of lazy. Um, and I'll kind of talk about why I think that it is, but nothing that happens, I think for the rest of the movie bothers me as much as that car chase absurdity in the monkeys did. And I remember like leaving the theater and I hated the whole ending. I don't honestly mind it that much. And I've kind of just like sort of warmed up to the whole interdimensional being element of this movie. You made aliens. Anyway, uh, so what I find baffling is that Indy's like, guys, I'll return the skull alone. It needs to be me. I'll do it. Weird line. Doesn't make. There's no reason for it. There's no reason. And then it cuts to the scene of them in the cave afterwards. All of them are together. Yeah. There's not there's even no, a conversation. There's no conversation. It it's doesn't make weird. any sense. Yeah. Um. So Indy dates the ruins to over five thousand years ago, saying like this is before the Egyptians. Like this is some of the earliest, you know, known um, civilization. Yeah. It shows people worshiping beings like the crystal skull being, and they speculate that the aliens taught people what they knew about agriculture, astronomy, etc. Like ancient aliens, right? We've all seen the show Ancient Aliens. It's the same idea. 
So Ox is slowly regaining his memories um, and leads them through the ruins. He's kind of still babbling, but his babbling is making more sense. Mm -hmm. We get possibly, this is not as absurd as the chasing through the jungle, but it's not not absurd. Uh, We get these temple guardians showing up by literally coming through the stone walls. Were they just yeah. sitting there, like, waiting for, like, years just in case someone came in? Like, uh, what is this? I don't know. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so they're chased out of the temple, and they wind up in this valley where the actual Lost City rests. However, the Lost City is not made of gold, and it's kind of just one temple in the middle of this valley. So uh, the Guardians cha- catch up to them and are about to seemingly kill them. They capture them. However, Ox pulls out the crystal skull and they're so frightened that they let them pass. Um, What really, this is the movie being lazy. Uh, We catch Spalco following them and she's like already there, dry as a bone. And it's like, you didn't have a boat. You scaled down with ropes. How did you get here so fast? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So with Oxley's help, they do make it into the central temple. Um, and predictably, it's full of like booby traps that they have to navigate and survive, which is very Indiana Jones. Um, Indy and Marion almost kiss, uh, but Mutt interrupts them. So we'll definitely get a kiss later. And this was like the way they enter the this like temple is weird, right? There's they're at, they're at the top and there's this like obelisk with a bunch of like stone statue like faces popping out. And you have to like they have to like knock them all out to get you the just, sand like, to like beat the faces off. And then like. <laughs> They just fall into sand or something. Yeah. It's and then the, the obelisk like sinks and pulls the four corners up. And yeah, it's, it's and then weird. They, there's these stone platforms that start retracting into the wall and they have to like run down these stairs before. Yeah. They disappear. And they don't but they don't make it, which I find interesting. Like usually yeah. in Indiana Jones, they like just barely make it. Um, they all just fall, but they luckily don't get impaled. Yeah. Um, so like I said, Indy and Marion almost kiss, which means we're going to have them kiss for sure later. Mm-hmm. They notice that the temple is full of artifacts from like every ancient civilization in the world. So uh, Mac is all thrilled because he's like, can you imagine how much we can sell these for to museums? Um, whereas Indy is speculating that maybe the aliens themselves were archaeologists. Yeah. You uh, might I say th- that there's probably a ton of things in that room that would have been better MacGuffins than the Crystal Skull. That's 100% true. Um, but I, I do think it's kind of an interesting twist uh, that the aliens may have been archaeologists and like studying humans. I like that, too. Um, yeah, I, I think that's OK. Yeah. Um, so Mac begins stealing gold and other treasures while the others find the door to the central chamber. Um, that's going to come back in the central chamber are 13 crystal skeletons, which with one missing its skull. And before Indy can return the skull, Mac betrays them again. <laughs> it turns out he wasn't a double agent. He just said that. And he's or a triple agent. Sorry. <laughs> he's just a plain old double agent. But like, yeah, it, it just. Do you care about this at all? No, I couldn't care less. And it turns out he's been like leaving these like tracking beacons. So yes. Spalco could find them. Yes. Um, Spalco shows up and she speculates about the alien's hive mind. She thinks that they were all of one mind and that they could communicate and disseminate information that way. Yeah. Oxley starts speaking Mayan while looking at one of the aliens and kind of delivers a message for the alien. And also he's like, he's like revealed to be kind of back to normal now. Yes. Yeah. Um, He tells them that the alien wants to give them quote, a big gift, which I think is a stupid turn of phrase. Very. 
Like they want to give you a big gift, like what a big gift basket. Yeah. So the temple begins collapsing around them. Um, Spalco kind of goes back to the skull and begins to stare into its eyes. And she, you know, wants its knowledge Um, on the way to escape. Mac just cannot help himself and keeps stealing more treasure. I didn't like this. Like I get it. Mac's greedy, but this is the exact same way Elsa dies in, um, the last crusade right is i think elsa's her name i forget um, she yeah, keeps reaching right. for the for the grail and indy's like you have to let it go and she won't and she falls this is literally the exact same thing with mac um just again <laughs> except I, I care more about her than i care about mac even though she was a nazi yeah well she was nazi curious she she really was nazi curious um, so the crystal skeletons, they all join together uh, to form like a complete alien, not just the skeleton, like a full corporeal alien who melts Spalco's brain. Uh, and again, like great gruesome death. I love like fire just like blazes from her eyes as she like can't handle this like eldritch knowledge. <laughs> uh, what did you think about that? I liked it. I actually wish we would have seen like a couple like very vague glimpses into what she was seeing. Me too. Like, it, it would have been <laughs> it would have been so stupid, but I actually kind of would have loved it if there was like she had like a vision of Cthulhu. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Well, it's you know, there's no copyright on it, so you could. Yeah. Um. So Indian company escaped the temple only to watch the aliens like spaceship disappear back to its own dimension. And this is where we get the line from Oxley that they were not aliens, that they were interdimensional beings. Yeah. So cool. Again, like who cares what they are? They're aliens. Just let's let's get over it. And Indy speculates that knowledge was their treasure, not gold, because it is called the city of gold. But Indy says that gold can be translated as gold or as treasure. So the aliens knowledge or knowledge was their treasure. So cool. Cool. Um, Indy calls Mutt Jr. and Mutt finally calls him dad. Yay. Uh, so we get the wedding day finally between Indy and Marion. So Indy ma- marries Marion and we get our happily ever after, except, except this. Uh, Mutt picks up Indy's hat and puts it on. Well, he tries to, right? Oh, and then but Indy, Indy yeah, grabs Indy it from it. him. And then <laughs> it's a big fuck you to Mutt. I like it. That is a big fuck you to Mutt. But just even the fact that they're hinting that like Mutt will take up his mantle, I'm like, no, no, absolutely not. One one thing I noticed about this scene, and it's not like that hard to notice, I suppose, but when Marion kisses Indy, Mutt looks in curiously and licks his lips. (laughs) I didn't notice that. I, um, I I need to know why. I need I to understand more about this. I don't frankly want to know why, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I mean, he's maybe he's got this real Norman Bates situation going on. Oh, God. So, uh, thank God we didn't get a sequel to this, right? Oh, wait. Uh, I think that, I mean, I, I don't like nothing about Dial of Destiny except for the fact that people are saying, why couldn't it be shorter? And why couldn't Steven Spielberg have done it? But I think Steven Spielberg was scared off after the reception of this movie. He didn't want to do it anymore. I think that makes sense to me. I've seen very conflicting things about Dial of Destiny. So I'm curious as to what my own opinions will be. Yeah. And maybe we'll both be texting each other later today about that. Perhaps we will. Yeah. Um. So that was Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. What works? 
uh indie and i mean just harrison ford in general yeah, uh just really good. brings it and well makes, I- you know? I mean, minus I would say his stunt work. It just like you can tell he's older and he's tired. Yeah, and, and it works. It works. Like hit him and like Marion is another thing that works. Like him and Marion together work. Like Karen Allen, they're just so fantastic. Um, and I also say like the duration of the movie. It's only two hours. That's wonderful. Yeah, you know. Um, for what works, I will say like I unlock this movie a little mm. bit. Um, including its stupidity in that this movie would have worked if it was called Tomb Raider and starred Laura Croft. Would you say that's true? Uh, this actually does seem like more of a uh, a Tomb Raider. Like this an old is a Tomb, Tomb Raider, Raider outing, right? Yeah, it really is. So, like, I, I think parts of the movie and parts of the ideas were, like, I think mm-hmm. the red ants are a cool idea. I think surviving a nuclear explosion is a cool idea. I think showing up at Area 51 is a cool idea. I think a chase through the jungle is a cool idea. I think how all those things are executed upon is poorly. Um, but I think if this were like a Laura Croft Tomb Raider movie, those things wouldn't be as ridiculous and they may have been able to be pulled off in a way they weren't here. Yeah. Um, but again, I'll echo a lot of what you said, what works. Obviously, the score by John Williams works. I do think it's a little, we get a few too many like, guys, it's indie and we get the indie theme. And I'm like, yeah, well, I understand it's Indiana Jones. Um, and yeah, like Shia LaBeouf is trying. The guy, Ray Winston is trying. Um, their characters are just terribly written. I do think uh, Kate Blanchett works as Spalco. I like her as a villain. Uh, we haven't had like a really vicious female villain. Um, Elsa was, but she wasn't like vicious. So I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm going to say not a ton works and easily the weakest of the franchise to me. I, okay. So yeah, Mutt doesn't work. CGI problems, Mac, the monkeys, the ending, I guess, but I didn't mind it as much this time. I'm, I'm actually a little torn part of, depending on what day you ask me, I might like this more than temple of doom. And I may, I can say that now because I just rewatched temple of doom. And here, here's why without us kind of doing an entire podcast on temple of doom. Um, and there's a, there's a whole lot of things I've been reading a lot about temple of doom too, that, cause I needed to understand why Uh temple of doom is extremely dark and negative in general. Like Indy's a grouch, the entire movie, Willie, uh, Kate Capshaw's character is incredibly annoying. Yeah. Just relentlessly screaming and bitching. Horribly written character. Uh, Short round single-handedly saves the movie. Yes, he does. And like it's it's just it's kind of like a I think the the plot might be a little better, but the way like everything that it does along the way is just more antagonistic. It's just such like a, a depressing like sad movie with not a lot of happiness in it. It's not as fun as Raiders and crusade. And even this, like it doesn't have that same kind of charm. It's just kind of relentlessly antagonistic. And part of the reason for that is that during the time that that movie was being made, Steven Spielberg and George Lucas were each going through kind of like bitter divorces. And even Steven Spielberg admitted that like he wishes he could go back and redo Temple because he just was an angry person and a bitter person during that time. And I think it really shows. And I think I would probably take this over that just because this is like a more of a fun loving movie despite its flaws. And I think that's what Indiana Jones needs to be. 
That's very interesting. This is a more rewatchable one than Temple. I think Temple is too, it's just too relentlessly bad like or just like upsetting. Yeah, that's interesting to me. I didn't know that about their, I knew Spielberg had been going through like a divorce. I did not realize that Lucas was too. I knew he was divorced, but I didn't know it was at that time. Um, This is making me want to rewatch Temple just to give it a comparison. Yeah. I would be curious to see what you think of it on rewatch. Yeah. Um, what what would we do if we made Indiana Jones a video game? Which I'm shocked. I mean, there are a couple. Yeah. That I think There's like, like Lego PC. Indiana Jones and stuff. Yeah, and Lego. But if we were to make Indiana Jones a video game, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, how would we do it? I mean, this is just, it's just right there. I can't resist it. Like, you just make an Uncharted game. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, you can't have like indie climbing like, like, <laughs> Like, I mean, I, I guess if you make it and you make him not as old, um, that it works. But I, I don't know. This is kind of just like an Uncharted or Tomb Raider. Like it's a, just, it's, yeah, you know, for like a, the, for the for the PS3, PS4, PS5 generation. I do like the idea of making it a Muso game where Indiana Jones just mows down hundreds of goons <laughs> with a whip. Wouldn't that be fun? That'd be absurd. Uh, <laughs> but I think <laughs> I wouldn't play it because I don't really like those types of games. But I mean, you'd, you'd at least be a part of the discourse around it. I'm yeah. Sure. Um, would we want to live in the world of Indiana Jones? I say hell yes. Yeah, I'll say sure. Yeah. I mean, it's full of like magic and mystery and, you know, like sure there are Nazis about, but what are you going to do? Nazis and Russians. But yeah, I would I would definitely live in this world. Yeah. Um, what did you find for fan fiction? I only found one thing worth noting. There was like a surprising lack of like interesting fan fiction. Again, there you got this classic like myriad of people who are just like rewrite, like writing the script yeah. to the movie. It's it's very odd that people even take the time to do that. There was this odd like Indiana Jones, like Peter Pan crossover. Oh, interesting. I mean, it's not really a crossover. It was just like <laughs> Indiana Jones is female uh, okay. in this like. And Peter Pan uh, is a boy, obviously. And like, they're like sleeping together. <laughs> okay. And like, they, they go on like an adventure for the crystal skull. It's just, it's, it's very odd Interesting. That, it, that it exists. Yeah. How I, about yeah. you? I didn't find much. I found Vivian Brody in the kingdom of the crystal skull. Did you find <laughs> that one? No, it's just uh, Marcus Brody's daughter. Yeah. Marcus Brody's great granddaughter. So it's just okay. the movie, but it's with, her okay and it goes through like five chapters so it actually follows up through further than i would have thought hmm. um it follows them through like going to the tomb which okay um but yeah it's just the movie with this added character of marcus brody's great granddaughter who has romantic feelings for mutt and mutt has romantic feelings for her now see there shouldn't be any mutt fan fiction no i i did not find any mutt exclusive fan fiction that's for sure um, in terms of should fan fiction exist for Indiana Jones, absolutely. Um, yes. And for the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull specifically, I'm also going to say yes. Yeah. And yeah. and along the lines we were talking about Eldritch stuff, the, uh, my fan fiction here would actually be maybe a little bit of like horror themed like origins of these inter- interdimensional beings like despite the fact they're archaeologists and i guess maybe we're supposed to look on them like favorably it'd be interesting to like see a fan fiction or like 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 a one shot of like them 
landing on earth at a weird time and like finding like eldritch horrors in the bottom of the sea and being like, Oh, uh, we gotta leave that alone. Um, hopefully humans will never find that. Yeah. I, <laughs> I like guess that. that's, that's not really, it's, it's super tangential to Indiana Jones. It's not really, uh, indie focused. Um, but yeah, I would like, uh, so my fan fiction would be kind of an Indiana Jones story with Oriana and his men, uh, discovering the city. Mm-hmm but mm. also kind of horror tinged at them discovering like the aliens and kind of what had been going on there. And like, do they escape? Do they get killed? Like yeah. they're definitely mummified when they get found. Um, so I think that would be like an interesting story to yeah. venture on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what have you been up to? Um, I've been playing a lot of Slay the Spire still, though I'm a little burned out on it. I haven't unlocked all like the cards and relics, but I'm pretty close and I kind of just, chip away at that every once in a while nice. uh it's a fun game I, I i did revisit monster train briefly as well uh just because obviously i've been re-watching a lot of movies uh i mentioned mission impossible the indiana jones movies i saw asteroid city which i liked i rewatched rounders which is one of my favorite movies ever uh i decided to watch the movie i don't even know how to pronounce the rest of it. it's like jean jean dealman uh it was voted it's a it's a i don't know if it's french but it was voted um n- the best film of all time oh, uh, as part of the sight and sound 2022 poll it's like a it's like a like a publication that conducts this poll um where a bunch of critics like independently like list give their top 10s of like favorite movies or best movies and then they kind of just like aggregate all that and whichever gets the most votes ends up being like number one and the number two and all that. And this movie was the number one. And I was like, okay, I, I, I just have a feeling I looked it up. It's like, Oh, it's like three and a half hours long. And I'm like, this is going to be rough. I'm not going to like it. And I didn't <laughs> um, can't say I recommend it. Um, it, it I, I kind of like admire it, but I just think the execution is just such a boring slog. Fair. So yeah, I wouldn't recommend that. And then other than that, I, I just, I'm like two hours in, I just started Game of Thrones. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean Game of Thrones. I meant Final Fantasy 16. Oh, okay. Which well, is Game of go. Thrones, the video game. Okay. So um, I did not realize you picked that up. I'm very excited. I, I, I did. Your thoughts. I went from like, I'll play this in like a year to, I felt the peer pressure. I bought like an external hard drive and I like uh, opened up my PS5, put it in because I needed more storage. And um, so I could download it like straight to my PS5 and offload all my PS4 games like onto my external. And yeah, I, I, I'm enjoying it. Um, It is super Game of Thrones influenced and I almost think that's a fault, but um, I hear it like it diverts more later. And so, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure I'll like it. Well, I, I've, I mean, I've heard so much about it and I, I'm yeah. So. Bahamut never shows up in the game. Oh my god, there are dragons. I didn't even mean to do that. Oh my god, Bahamut does show up in Game of Thrones. But Shiva doesn't, and Ramu doesn't, and Ifrit doesn't. Well, Shiva is like the White Walkers. Oh fuck. Okay, maybe they have a lot more in common than I thought. Well, I apparently uh the I think like the director did actually ask his staff to watch Game of Thrones to get in the right like mental state to make this game. So Fair enough. Uh, it's 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 it like wears its influence on its sleeve, which I I only I'm just bitter I'm just being a a, a grouch about a Grinch you might say I'm being a Grinch about it. 
don't grinch about it. Uh, just because I'm kind of like sick of Game of Thrones. I just I'm kind of over Game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, it I thought it was really fun. And uh, but it, it's like it's to me, it's like it's over now. Let's uh, let's move on. Yeah, agreed. And I also didn't read the books. And so people would say I'm just a, an asshole. <laughs> what about you? Um, so speaking of reading books, um, it's not a book, but I have been reading through the manga Roni Kenshin. Mm. Um, have you read that or seen the anime? No, but I've heard of it. Um, so I had read through all of Roni Kenshin in college, um, but I was reading it through like jank translator websites. So now I'm reading it through the Shonen Jump app, um, which there's debatable about which are actually better translations, but at least the show, the Shonen Jump app is consistent. Um, so I'm reading through that. Ronin Kenshin is a great time. I highly recommend it. Um, I forgot how charming it is and how good the action is. So um, if you're looking for a manga to read, Roni Kenshin is a good choice. Mm. Um, what else am I doing? Edgar and I have started watching Yellow Jackets. Um, oh, I hear that's No, but I hear it's great. It's wild. Uh, it is a wild show. Um, and I have been tap, tap, tapping away at Nier um, and Tears of the Kingdom, which I still have not beaten. How, uh, where are you at in near without spoiling uh, anything or maybe it's impossible I, to not spoil yeah i don't want to spoil anything okay so but i'm working on it okay um and yeah that's that's about it so um i think we indiana jones we sure did <laughs>